What is up, Buttercups? How's it hanging? How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Be That Bitch podcast, where we talk all about being that bitch. Um, if you don't know me, hi. How you doing? I'm Allie. I'm the host. This podcast is a giant shit show, but it's a good shit show, right? Like, right? It's kind of like our lives. Um, I'm really, really excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking all about my running journey. We're going to be talking all about, you know, what 365 days of running has taught me, the difference between my first half marathon and my fifth half marathon. So if y'all don't follow me on the gram, I'm a runner. I love running. Um, and 365 days. So this, well, December 4th of last year, I ran my first half marathon. It was like my big all like final, like, woo uh, for 2021, which was like a complete game changer year for me. And that half marathon was just excruciating. And so I ran that exact same half marathon this past weekend. So I'm going to kind of go over how that went, lessons I've learned. I've got five things that one year of running has taught me. And so I'm really excited to break all that down for y'all. But before that, I kind of wanted to talk about my book's that we have read this week because y'all, I have read so many good ones. So if y'all don't also know, or if this is your first podcast episode, welcome. Come follow me on the gram at Allie Griffith. I am an avid lover of all things romance and fitness. I love my romance novels. I love my smutty romance novels and I love fitness. So let's talk about this week's read. So it's the Christmas season. Fa la 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 la. It's time to get ho 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 ready to get wrapped in fucking tinsel and bonded by Christmas lights. I'm just kidding, but not really. <laughs> That's the vibe we're going for. We're going for a ho ho happy holiday. Um, <laughs> the first book I have read is uh, Dipped in Holly. When I tell y'all that bitch gets bonded right like restricted with her wrist by fucking christmas lights absolutely sign me it is an age gap so nick is the bar owner and he sees holly get broke up with by her boyfriend he is like 50 i think uh he is a silver fox just hot ass 50 year old and it does have like high daddy kink so I'm not the biggest fan of daddy kink when they're all like daddy especially when he is old enough to be her father it's a little cringeworthy to me but the book itself was good and then there are others that follow the same couple after that I have also read a book called um Tangled in Tinsel. So this releases actually today, the day that the podcast comes out. And it is a reverse harem uh, Christmas. I wouldn't say it's a novella because it is a little longer. It's like 250 pages. But when I tell y'all these four men in this book are the hottest men I have ever read about, I ain't joking. Like, I ain't. So, it's based on, like, a forced proxy. So, they all get snowed in on, for, like, four days. It's four best friends. So, they have shared a woman before. And their interior designer. So, the interior designer has never, like, done this. They're, literally, they have always been professional. But they, the four men, have always secretly liked the interior designer. So, they fire her. So they can bang her. Um, but let me tell y'all, the spice level in this one is through the freaking roof. Like through the roof to the point where she wraps herself in felt and makes herself a Christmas present for them. Absolutely. Now, if you're looking for something a little less spicy, Tis the Season for Revenge, my book club and I actually read this for our book club. By the way, January, we will have a podcast book club, um, an Instagram-wide book club for y'all to be able to join. I am finishing that up, but I wanted to remind y'all that that is happening, so keep an eye out. I am going to do, like, the announcement and start, like, enrollment for it um that like odd week between Christmas and New Year when nobody really knows what to do we gonna we gonna sign up for a book club so anywho tis the season for revenge 
I am not usually like a rom com book type of person. I don't ever, hardly ever read a book with a cartoon cover. I am somebody that judges a book by its cover. And if it's a cartoon cover, I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure this ain't going to be my cup of tea. Like, it's just going to be too like rom com It's not going to be spicy enough for me. I am so glad I did not judge a book by its cover with this book. So, tis the season for revenge. Abby was dating Richard, which... We ain't calling him Richard. We're calling him Dick because that is who he is. He is a dick. She was dating Dick for four years and Dick is a dick. Like he is an asshole. He's judgmental. He's a prick, whatever. Well, he ends up breaking up with her on fucking Halloween right before he he's finally going to take her to like one of his holiday parties. He breaks up with her, says all these hateful things. This is basically like, if you love Legally Blonde, this is basically Legally Blonde, but instead of her wanting, Elle Woods wanting to become a lawyer, she's wanting to fuck a lawyer. So, (laughs) so she's making this entire plan to get revenge on Dick. And one of the big key components of getting revenge is to be on somebody else's arm. Well, she signs up for this dating site and guess who she finds on this dating site? She finds his boss, his boss who is named Damien. Damien was on this dating site and she's like, you know what? I'm going to really fuck with Dick. I'm going to show up to the Christmas party on his boss's arm. So she swaps, Damien swaps, and they start this whole relationship, right? And it was going to be super casual. So that's why she didn't feel bad about, you know, kind of manipulating him. But y'all, when I tell you Damien is just the epitome of the possessive, like, protective, very sweet alpha male, but a, like, nasty in the bedroom, he is all the things. Like, all the things. So, I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. I read it in two days. (laughs) Like, two sittings, I read it in. I stayed up till 1 a.m., and then I read it the next morning, and it was so freaking good. Like I cannot tell you how good it was. Also, one more book. If you guys aren't in the Christmas mood, I listened to an audio called Love Letter, um, A Love Letter to Whiskey. (sighs) My heart is still not like repaired after. So this book is by Candy Steiner and it is basically the most angsty book I have ever listened to in my entire life. It follows the love story. It's like over, I think maybe 12, 13 years from the age of like 17 to 30 of these two best friends that it's the definition of right person, wrong time. And just the like the tumultuous, is that the word tumultuous relationship between them and how, you know, it's just, they're always either dating somebody or it just doesn't work. They're not in the same state. Like one person's not ready. One person's going through a lot. Like it's just, it is so like, you're just, you waiting. You're like, they're finally going to get together. No, fuck that. They're not. They're finally going to get together. And then the epilogue, you, uh, y'all, you just have to listen to it or read it. And then let me know what you think. Because when I tell y'all, it owned me. It owned me. Um, another Christmas novella, A Christmas Blanket, The Christmas Blanket. Y'all, this is by also by Candy Steiner. And when I tell y'all, I was literally laying in bed at 7 a.m. on Sunday, crying my fucking eyes out. And Chris looks over to me, my husband, and he's like, I thought you were just sniffling. You're fucking crying right now. I'm like, it's so sad. Um, he's like, Allie, it's a book. And I, I don't cry. I pride myself on my black soul. Like, I never cry during books. But have somebody save the fucking Christmas decorations and I am a goner. So please read it. It's 100 pages and it's literally pure amazingness. Anyways, okay, that is all the books. I've read a lot because I'm doing a lot of novellas. I have, I'm really trying to get to 200 books for this year. And right now I'm at 188. So I'm reading a lot of novellas to get to my 200 goals. So that's why we had so many to review, but read some of them, DM me, y'all know I love chatting books with y'all, and get ready for the Be That Bitch book club, because it is coming in January of 2023. Now, let's get into my other love, fitness, and talk all about my running journey. Alrighty, y'all, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So for those of y'all that don't know or don't follow me or any of that, you're just on the pod. Um, 
this past weekend, I ran a half marathon. It's a local one. Um, and the big reason that I decided to run this one is because this was the very, my very first half marathon exactly a year ago. And I just really wanted to go into this and see how far I've come, be able to just see how far I've progressed in the year. And it was just going to be a really like nostalgic run for me. Um, so when I first ran this half marathon last year, it was December of 2021. It was my very first long distance. I ain't never ran 13 miles in my entire life. I think before that I had only ran like eight or nine miles before. And I just remember that first one being excruciating. It was one of the most challenging things I had ever done. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, all the things. And I remember that race being, you know, a defining factor in my journey. It could have sent me like running away from running in general, but it really did show me exactly how much you can accomplish if you can conquer your mindset and you can really dig deep and focus on your strength and your belief and all that stuff. So it was one of the defining moments in my running journey. Um, I mean, that race was just Oh, y'all, when I tell you it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done, I finished it in just under three hours with my longest mile being over 16 minute mile. It was like 1637, but my average was 13 minutes and 23 um, seconds. So it was not a very quick, but I want to kind of paint the picture for y'all because I think so many times we see runners or people who are doing something and we forget that they all start somewhere, right? We, we forget that they all start somewhere and then we get in our head and we're over here like well I don't think I could ever do that like look how fast all these people are I'm gonna be slow as molasses on a cold winter's day like it's just not gonna be pretty for me I need a sip of water remember y'all keep your water with this podcast we have a challenge every podcast episode every single time I cuss anything you got to take a swig of water so make sure you have that with you but anyways so we see people who have accomplished just these insane right insane things they're really fast and we allow it to stop us from even trying and so I always want to just paint the picture and let y'all know that we all start somewhere like my very first time I started running I was at an 18 minute mile like I walk miles faster than that now but I just want you to know that we all start somewhere and even if you're starting so slow that there is nowhere to go but up from there so anyways I finished that half marathon I cried my ass off passing the finish line you know I was in so much pain I remember you know mile it was like mile 11 where I literally walked the entire thing and barely walked because my left foot and my right foot, it literally cramped up so bad. And it felt like I was walking on shards of glass. Like it was just the most excruciating thing ever. Um, and you know, of course it's gotten better each time since then, but that first one will forever go down in my memory. I think it's like the first marathon I ever ran. Like both of my first half marathon and my first marathon were like the most traumatizing experiences ever. And it's a uh, insane that I'm actually doing another marathon marathon and that I've done five half marathons since then. But y'all, I want to remind y'all that we learn more from the things that we struggle with, the things that test us, the things that we have to really push ourselves through that than the things that come easy, right? And that's really what that half marathon reminded me of. And I reminded myself through every single run I've ever done, every single th race I've ever done that the hardest ones are the ones that are going to teach us the most, that are going to help build the most belief in us, right? Because if we get through the easy shit, that doesn't build any belief because it was fucking easy, right? But if we really have to struggle through it and push through it, that's what builds the belief in ourselves. And so just know that don't shy away from the hard experiences. Don't shy away from the really tough races or the really tough workouts or, you know, the things that you really feel like you're struggling with because those are the things that are going to build the most belief and teach you the most things. So after that first race, I made the commitment. I was like, I'm not going to half-ass any training. I'm going to be consistent. And I was like, I want to see what 365 days of consistency is going to do. So fun fact, I'm doing a challenge right now for myself personally, you know, of 365 days of movement. So every single day since... December, I have moved my body every day for at least 30 minutes, not running, of course, but like just some kind of movement. And so I really wanted to go into this race saying, what 
did all of that do for me, right? What did being consistent with my running, being consistent with my lifting, being consistent with my nutrition and my workouts, what did it, what does it look like and how did that advance for 365 days, right? Because sometimes we don't see the changes. We don't see them day by day. We don't see them in run by run or anything like that. But we can blink and look back a year from now and see just how crazy the difference is. So I went into that run super optimistic. My goal was a PR. I really wanted to beat my personal record of 226. Um, and spoiler, it didn't happen. But I did go into that really hoping I would do that. You know, I've been training for new marathon. So my training has been amazing. And I was going into this super optimistic. The weather wasn't ideal. It was very warm. It was like 50 some odd degrees. It was rainy. So it was like misty. So it wasn't ideal weather, but I still was going into it super optimistic, right? So we came out and, you know, me and my coach came up with a plan of doing like a 1030 to a 1040 for the first 10 miles. And then after that, seeing how I felt and try to speed up for that. So we started like out at 1030. We held that pace for the first five miles. Easy. We held that 1030 to 1040 pace for the first five miles. Super easy. It felt really, really good. But by mile six, I was getting a little slower. So I was at like 1115. Mile six is really where my mentality really starts kicking in of, fuck, I've been doing this for a while, right? Like, and I've realized through running, right? If your mind, if you allow your mindset to run away from you, it is really fucking hard to get that back, right? And by mile 10, so mile, what, six, seven, and eight, I still did 11.15, super easy. It was great. Mile nine was 11.02, right? So from mile six to mile nine, I was still cruising along at 11 minute pace. I was still on track to like crush it and get a PR. It was feeling really good. Mile 10 is where things started to become a dumpster fire. So I hit mile 10 and it was a 12 minute mile. I could not get my heart rate under control. And that's something I struggle with a lot. I have a very high heart rate and I was pushing myself pretty hard and it was warm. So I could not get my heart rate under control. I was at like 180, 190 at this point and I started freaking out. I was like, you know, I'm going slower. My heart rate's not getting under control. I call my coach at mile 11. I'm like, dude, like I cannot get my heart rate down. I'm freaking out, which of course accelerates your heart rate again. My mind is getting so out there. I'm starting to stress. And he's over here like, Ali, just walk a little bit. You've got good time. Just focus on getting your heart rate down. And I did that. I walked for a couple minutes and then I started running again and it went right back up. Like it just would not get under control. And so in that mile, I did a 13 and a half minute mile, y'all. I ran a 13 and a half minute mile in a hot minute. And when I saw that number, I really think at that point, I was canceling myself out. I canceled myself out. I was letting my mindset get away from me. And I think that just goes to show that like no matter how far in your journey you are, whether it's running, whether it's lifting, whether it's business, whatever fucking journey you're in, no matter how far, it's still possible to allow that negativity to slip in. Some of us still succumb to those negative thoughts no matter how far in this we are and and I did I allowed my mindset to control me instead of controlling it and so by mile 11 when I did that 13 and a half minute mile I was canceling myself out I was freaking out I was crying I was really upset with myself you know I was still trying to get going but the more I stressed the more I allowed my mindset to kind of take over course, the more your heart rate accelerates. And I remember it getting up to like 205 at one point. And I was like, this is it. This is it. I'm done. Like this. It was just so fucking hard. So fucking hard. I don't really think there's another way to put it. So mile 11 and mile 12 were both 13 and a half minute miles. And those were really what did me in with my like lung capacity. But I will say, coming into 13 mile 13 it really just goes to show how amazing the running community is so there was this older gentleman that was running with me on mile 13 and he's like all right he's like you've got this you're really letting your mindset like 
fuck with you. I hear you yelling. I hear you cussing. Cause I was, I was yelling and cussing just to myself. It was bad. He's like, we're going to finish this together. We're going to finish this strong. And I really do think it was because of him and his little pep talk he gave me of why I finished it as strong as I did. Um, but he was like pacing me out. He's like, all right, we're going to do intervals. We're just going to get this finished because we did not come this far to only come this far. I was like, that's the motto I like to live by. So let's do this. So we were intervaling it together, really pushing ourselves. Um, and he was just kind of giving me a pep talk. Right. And you know, it's, I feel like no matter how great you are, no matter how great you are in your mindset or positive you are, it really does help when you have somebody there because this race is a very small race. Um, and it really felt kind of like just a regular long run for myself. And y'all, when I tell y'all, it is really, really fucking hard to dig deep for these distance races when there's no audience, right? There's no crowd. There's really no people running around, running near you. I ran 90% of this race by myself, just me and a little bubble by myself. And I really think that's also something that played into the mindset piece because the Athens one I ran a couple weeks ago, uh, it had like people out like cheering us on. It had tons of runners around me. I was not anywhere near alone. And I crushed that one. I hit a PR. It was a very hilly course, but I crushed it. And I really think it's because you got to feed off of everybody. But this one, it was really just you and the road, you and the road and proving to yourself what you can do. And that can be really hard, especially if you're in a negative mindset because you have nothing around you to pull yourself out of it. And I was very, very fortunate for this gentleman that helped pull me out of it. And I was able to finish it. finish it strong it was like a 12 and a half minute mile um and I was really proud of myself you know with how bad this race was for me it was really eye-opening and reassuring and exactly what I needed that the time I finished I finished this one in like two hours and 32 minutes it was only six minutes slower than my personal record and so it just kind of really goes to show me that you know it really was that little bit of mindset struggle. It was those only those couple miles. I would have come out of this with a PR. I had it in me if I wouldn't have allowed my mindset to get away with me. If I would have just calmed myself down, not allowed my heart rate to get so crazy, I would have been able to pull that PR. So, you know, I'm choosing to kind of go into this or go out of this rather, looking at it as I accomplished what I was set out to accomplish, right? I wanted to come into this and see just how much fitness I've gained in the year, just how much stronger I have become as a runner, as somebody in general, how much you can progress in a year. And the same course, the same everything, hell, the same weather, right? It was 50 degrees the first time I ran this. It was 50 this time. It was raining the first time I ran this. It was raining this time. Literally the exact same conditions and I carved off almost 30 minutes from my start, my finish time of the first one. So I feel like I accomplished what I went to go out to accomplish and you know, I did it. I've progressed and feeling really good. I think I'm going to make this like an annual thing where I always run this race and just see how far I come each year. I also feel like, you know, this was the third run I've ran like third race I've ran in two weeks. So that probably had something to do with it. You know, you can always go back and do the shoulda, coulda, woulda or wonder. I mean, fuck, I spent the entire weekend just upset with myself. You know, I felt like I let myself down. I feel like, you know, I had it in me, but I allowed my mindset to fuck with me. And I just had to take a moment and sit back and tell myself, Allie, you were like, can you remember a time where you would have been over the fucking moon to run a two and a half hour mar- half marathon where you wouldn't have believed it if you somebody told you that you ran 11 and a half minute average pace for a half marathon. Fuck, you would have been happy if you ran 11 and a half average mile and now you're bitching and you're complaining and you're gropping and you're beating yourself up and now you know 11 and a half is your slow mile like can we please just get some reference here like I had to I had to give myself some tough love and I think that goes to show with like all of us right we get so caught up in the chasing the goals and chasing the dream and chasing the PRs and chasing, you know, the weight loss journey or whatever the case may be that we forget to sit down and really be fucking happy with where we're at right now. Because where we're at right now, a past self of us could have only fucking dreamt of being there. Like, can we 
also remind ourselves that right now the life we're living was a goal of ours maybe three months ago or six months ago or the weight you're at right now might have been the goal that you would have wanted to be at six months ago or a year ago but we get so consumed with chasing all the shiny objects chasing all the new goals that we beat ourselves up for something that would have once been the goal and I had to really kind of reframe my mindset around that like Allie sure you didn't PR big fucking whoop you went out and accomplished what you wanted to accomplish and that's showing just how far you have come but you also learned a lot right like I learned that you know I've really got to control my mindset so I feel like next time I'm not even going to look at my heart rate at all I feel like just looking at it worked it up more. I learned that I need to only go to bigger races if I can't get my mindset under control. I learned that I need to get like something different playlist or something to break up the runs. So I learned a lot from that one and I'm excited to keep going and keep fighting and keep pushing. You know, I always allow myself 24 hours to sit in the feeling, sit in the disappointment, like bitch, complain, whatever. But then after that 24 hours is over, you got to get back to it. You got to put it in the rear view mirror and keep trucking. That goes with anything, right? Like I give myself a 24 hour rule for anything. 24 hours to celebrate and like live in that celebration and then move on. Let's keep going. Or 24 hours to fucking like allow yourself to like wallow in self-pity and then move on, right? I feel like so many times we don't allow ourselves to feel the feelings And that 24 hour rule that I have allows me to feel all the feelings that I need to feel um, within an allowed time that I don't let it kind of consume me and go over and all of that stuff. So I sat in the feelings for 24 hours. I wallowed in self-pity and then I picked myself up by the bootstraps and said, Allie, you are still that bitch. You are still that bitch that completed your fifth half marathon. You're still that bitch that was only six minutes away from your PR. You're still that bitch that can fucking do crazy things. You just got to remind yourself of that. So anywho, that is what I've got for the recaps. Now I kind of want to go into just five things that I have learned within the last year of running because y'all, when I tell you running has taught me so much just about myself, about my mindset, about anything, it, it literally has taught me so much. But these are like the five big things that I have found out that running has really taught me and solidified within the last year. So the first one is the more consistent you are in anything, the better you get. It won't be a fast process. It'll be a gradual almost to the point where you won't even see it happening. But when you look back, you'll see as clear as day. So, you know, I feel like so many times we're in this instant gratification world, right? We want it now. We want our results now. We want to see the changes now. And if we don't, we really start second guessing ourselves and giving up. Well, running is not an instant. Like it's not. You don't see results instantaneously. You don't finish a run instantaneously like it really is is a freaking like marinating sport, right? Like it, it, you got to marinate it for a long time to be able to get what you want out of it. And that's just something it's, it's a very delayed gratified sport. And so it's really gotten me okay with keeping going, even if I'm not seeing results right now, because I know if I put a run that I did six months ago and a run that I did today, I will see results, but I might not see results in a run I did from yesterday to a run I did today. So it's really allowed me to be okay and to know that I'll see results eventually if I'm not seeing them right now. I used to be the person that would like step on the scale multiple times a day. If I wasn't getting like inches coming off or weight or whatever the case may be, I would start thinking it's not working, that it's never gonna happen and I would spiral from there. Well, running has really taught me that you might not see it happening right now, but you will eventually, as long as you keep the course, as long as you keep fighting, right? You might not see it from run to run to run, right? Because it might be very minuscule, the progress you're seeing, but you will see it over six months to a year. And this, these two races showed me that in spades, right? Even though this one was shit and it was not great, it was still miles away from the one I did exactly a year ago. And that's all from the consistency of showing up three times a week for a year of how much that will like show you progress. Like, can you imagine where you would be if you just like just showed up? 
just showed up and did what you said you were going to do three to five days a week for a year. Like, can you imagine where you would be? I bet you, you'll be so much fucking further than if you allowed yourself to like not do it because you weren't seeing the results. Like, y'all, you quitting ain't going to get you the results any faster. So you might as well just keep trying. Might as well keep pushing. That's how I always think of it. I'm like, you know what? Quitting ain't going to get me there faster. So sure, I might not be seeing results right now, but I've got to trust the process. I've got to know, believe that what I'm doing is going to get me there eventually. Number two, running forces you to take accountability for the outcome. However your race turns out or your workout or whatever the case may be, it's on us. It's on us and it's not to do with anything else. So many times we don't take accountability for where we're at, right? Well, my kids, oh, my kids are sick, so I couldn't do my workout or my husband's being an asshole or, you know, work is right crazy right now or, you know, this or that or the other. We usually like like to blame every single person around us, all the circumstances around us. So, we can allow ourselves off the hook so we cannot feel bad about letting ourselves down. So run-in has really taught me to take accountability for myself, right? However this turns out, it's on me. It's all on me. It's not my husband's fault. It's not my kid's fault. It's not the weather's fault. It's none of that. It's on me. I took accountability for my last run. I knew that it was because I allowed my mindset to get in the garbage and not try to get it back. That was on me. And I'm sure there's things right now in your fitness journey or in your life journey or whatever the case may be you're doing that you could be blaming other things. Take accountability for y'all. Like at the end of the day, there is always somebody out there with worse circumstances than us that are doing far more and getting way more done or actually achieving it. It's always on us. Sure, the kids might be sick right now, but you could have done it while they were napping. You could have after they went to bed, right? Sure, maybe work is really crazy right now, but you could have fitted in. It's always falls back on us because yes, there is this cause, right? Whatever the cause is, but there's an effect too. And the effect is whatever you decide it's going to be, right? It's whatever you decide the outcome. Cause at the end of the day, we always have a final say on every single thing that happens, right? We can allow things to happen to us or we can allow us to control it, right? We can control the circumstances or we allow it to control us. And running has really taught me to take accountability for every single decision I make. And all aspects of my life, right? Every single thing that happens is, it happens, right? But at the end of the day, I get to choose how I react, right? No matter how fucked up the situation is, no matter how much people piss me off, it's not their fault from the way I react to it. It's just not, it's my fault. So if I'm not happy with the outcome of it, it's only me to blame because of how I reacted to it. Does that make sense? Okay, number three, mindset is key. And it's the difference between a great run and a fuck awful run. Once it's gone, it's hard as shit to get back, but you can. And so, yeah, mindset really is key with anything in our lives. And if running has taught me anything, it's you really got to learn to control your mind and do things that will promote a positive mindset. So maybe that's positive affirmations. Maybe that's personal development. Maybe that's writing like positive quotes on your arm during a run, whatever the case may be, right? But once you allow your mindset to get away from you, it is really, really freaking hard to get it back. And I have realized that mindset is the determining factor between a great run and an awful run. It's the determining factor between one of your best races and one of your worst races. And I am reminded time and time again, especially from distance running, because I feel like the second half of a distance run is always your mindset run. It's always the one where you've really got to dig deep and figure out why the fuck you're out here and how the fuck you're going to get it to finish. Right. And I crushed under pressure, especially I call it the mile 10 slump. I always get it. I always know it's coming every single half marathon mile 10 to the finish is always my hardest 10, 11, 12, and 13 always my hardest mindset miles. And I succumb to the pressure. I succumb to it and that was on me. And so really focusing on controlling your mindset and controlling how you react to things. So some things that I have learned, especially from these last few runs that I've allowed my mindset to get away is I've realized I get really worked up about my pace. And so 
my thing I'm going to do my next run is on my Garmin, you can like rotate through. I'm going to keep it on the time the whole time. Like I'm not going to focus on my pace. I'm not going to focus on my heart rate. I'm just going to put my watch on like the time aspect and I'm just going to keep going and I'm not going to stress about it or worry about it. Um, and I'm also going to download a playlist that has some really motivating songs for those four miles. And I'm just going to listen to those the entire time. That's something that I am doing to work on my mindset. But of course, there's maybe whatever you're doing, maybe you're not running, maybe it's working out. Where do you find that you struggle all the time and how can you be proactive to learn to get to control that mindset? All right, number four. Running really has taught me that I have always been the only only thing standing in my way of anything I want to do. Sometimes letting the fact that I'm not the best or I'm not the fittest or nobody looks like me or this was really fucking hard. I've allowed that to keep me from going after it for a very long time. And Running is something I always thought I never could do. I'm a bigger woman. I, you know, I have exercise induced asthma, like all of these things that I allowed them to define who I was and keep me from even attempting it. And so after a year of consistently running, running a marathon, five half marathons, it really has proved to me that we're always the only thing standing in our way of success. So if right now you're not where you want to be, the only person you have to blame is you. You've got to take that fucking accountability. If you're not at the fitness level that you want to be at, that's on you. If you're not where you at nutri- want to be nutritionally, that's on you. If you're not where you want to be financially, that's on you. We've got to start taking that accountability and allowing and realizing that we're the only thing that's standing in our way of the life we want and the life we're living. Like we just got to move the fuck out of our own way, right? So like maybe you are really trying to lose weight and you're really trying to like be healthy and all these things on this fitness journey, but you realize that you're self-sabotaging. You realize that you're allowing things to get to you. You move out of your own fucking way and stop allowing these things to control you and you will see so much more success. Or maybe you're allowing your mindset of, well, I've never been able to see success before. I've never been able to do this before. Okay, just because you ain't never been able to do it before doesn't mean you can't do it now. So we've got to stop standing in our way and allow ourselves to actually go after these things and allow ourselves to be able to see that success. And running is really taught me that it's okay to suck and suck and suck some more because eventually you'll suck a little less until you don't suck anymore. Like we, we don't like to do things that we're really bad at. And that is stupid because every single thing we've ever started, we weren't are automatically perfect. I mean, think when you were a toddler and you were learning to walk, right? You didn't just like stand up and like, oh, I'm, I'm a fucking master walker now. No, you, you stumbled a little bit. You fell a little bit. That's the thing about doing new things. You're not always perfect at it when you start. You suck and you suck some more and you suck a little more until you suck a little less until eventually you don't suck anymore. And the quicker we learn that that's kind of like the recipe to success and that's the process into which it is, we won't shy away from hard things anymore. We won't shy away from, you know, struggling and not being great at it because we know that that's just part of getting to where we want to go. We know that's part of the success formula. And number five, you can be strong while also leaning on someone. Like running has taught me it is so important to have a solid community, to allow help, to even be okay with asking for help. I have always been a very self-sufficient person. I never usually like to ask for help. I'm more of a, I'm going to do it my fucking self. I'm an Enneagram eight. Like I just, I'm a loner. I'm a lone wolf type of person. And so it was really hard for me to ask for help or even allow help when people are offering it. And so if running has taught me anything, especially these last, the my first half marathon, I had somebody help me and this one that whenever we're struggling, it is okay to allow others to lift ourselves up. That does not make you weak. It actually shows strength because it takes a strong ass person to admit where they're struggling and to allow others to help them, right? And it takes a strong ass person to ask for help or allow others to help when you are struggling. And so, you know, it's really showed me that 
it is okay to have people to rely on. That does not show weakness. I mean, I love my running community so much. I love my boot camp girls so much. And I swear I would not be the person I am or where I am in my journey right now if it was not for the community that I have. Because anytime I'm struggling, they are there. I always say whenever you share your struggles, you're not tearing other people down. You're allowing them to lift you up, right? Like you're not going to tear other people down by sharing all these struggles or asking for help. You're allowing their strength right now to hold you up until you can stand on your own. And that is the motto I live by with life. And that is something that this year of running has really taught me. Like I realized that I needed help. I didn't know how I was running. So I got help with a coach. I realized that I needed some accountability with my workouts. So we have, you know, my virtual gym within my boot camps, like, right? Like all of these things, it's okay to know that you can't do everything on your own. Fuck. If you guys have listened to my mom guilt episode, that's really hard for a lot of us, even as moms within our journey of moms is asking for help. And then we'll bitch and complain about being so overwhelmed, but we won't be willing to ask for help. Remember y'all asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. So anyways, those are the five main things that running really has taught me. The more consistent you are, the better you're going to get, um, and the more results you're going to see, even if it is gradual. Number two, running forces you to take accountability for your outcome, really allows us and makes us say, you know what? It's on me. Number three, mindset is key. It's the difference between a great run and a fuck awful. We've really got to learn to control our mindset. Number four, um, we are always the only thing ever standing in our way. It's really taught me that I can do anything even if I don't think I can. And number five, you can be strong while also asking for help or accepting help. Now, Those are the main things, y'all. And I really hope, if anything, these episodes just really show you and prove to you that you can do anything. Even if you don't see somebody that looks like you doing it doesn't mean it can't be done. Even if you failed before at it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you haven't proved to yourself you can do it, right? A lot of us lack belief in that we don't believe we can do it. And no fucking shit we don't believe we can do it because we haven't done it yet. Belief comes from the actions that we've committed of showing ourselves that we can do it, right? And so the only way you build belief is by going out there and showing to yourself you can do it. You build belief, like our successes and what we want, belief is a byproduct of going after those things we want to accomplish, right? It's a byproduct of actually going for them. You're not gonna have belief at the beginning, but you just have to know that eventually it's going to happen even if you don't believe it right now. All right, so I did post on the gram if y'all had any running questions. So we're gonna spend the next like 10 minutes answering the running questions y'all had. And then I'm gonna let y'all boot scoot and boogie because this is already gonna be a long ass episode. But before we get into questions, I just wanted to remind y'all if you can, please go over to Apple and rate and review the podcast. It helps us so much grow and get on the charts and get the podcast out there. It really, really does help so much. And I appreciate them every single time I read them all. And then also share it to your Instagram stories and tag me so I can send you a DM and thank you for listening. All right, let's get to the first question. All right. So the first question is what would be your running tips for beginner runners? So the first and foremost is go and get fitted for a good pair of running sneakers. Y'all, you do not want to skimp on the cost of your running sneakers or the quality of them. So go to a running store, just GTS, Google that shit, find a running store near you. They will fit you and find the most perfect running sneaker for you. And that will really set you up for so much success. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I want you to remind yourself that you don't have to run an entire mile to be considered a runner. Like at the beginning, doing intervals is so freaking important. And so what I did at the beginning is I went off of my music. So I would run a half a song. I would walk a song and a half. I would run a half a song. I would walk a song and a half until I felt good with that. Then I would go to like a one-one ratio, run one song, walk one song, run one song, walk one song. Then I went to run a song and a half, walk a half a song, run a song and a half. And I would just progress like that. So just remind yourself that it is okay to walk. That does not make you any less of a runner. And you might do that for a while until you can eventually run an entire mile by yourself. The next thing is I really like, it's so, so important to make sure you're staying hydrated. So if you want to get like a hydration belt or something like that, 
a lot of us suffer from cramps while we're running, which is usually either lack of deep, like lack of hydration or your heart rate's too high up there. So making sure that you're controlling your heart rate and controlling your run, it's so freaking important. But just also remind yourself that this is a process. Like in the beginning, you're gonna suck. Remember y'all, you gotta suck and you'll suck a little more and you'll suck a little more until you suck a little less until you eventually don't suck at all. And you just have to be okay with that process. Don't try to do too much because then you're just going to get really pissed off at yourself and want to quit. Start with just doing a mile. Then you can work your way up from there. Um, And then also just get your mindset under control. Remind yourself that this is going to be a process, that it's not going to be easy, that you're going to, you're going to suck at it and that's okay. So those are my big tips for beginner runners. Good sneakers, good headphones, good hydration, and making sure that you are taking it slow and steady. All right, next question. Tips for working through not being able to breathe. My lungs give out long before my muscles do. So that usually is a case of you're running too hard for where you're at right now in your fitness journey. If your lungs feel like they're on fire, that usually means your heart rate is way too elevated and you're just running too fast. You want to slow your ass down. You want to keep your heart rate in your easy zone, which if you Google, you can find out where your easy zone is. My Garmin tells me, but if you Google it, it'll give you the formula for it. But you want to make sure you keep your heart rate low. So if your lungs feel like they're about to like fall off and you're only a mile in, that usually means you're running way too hard for that mile. You're probably at an RPE, which is rate of exertion of like a eight and you don't need to be there. You need to be at like a like a four or five, especially if you're running longer distances. So my biggest suggestion is slow yo ass down. Remember y'all, this ain't a race. You're not, you t- don't be embarrassed by whatever the fuck pace you're running, right? Run where it feels comfortable for you for that run that you're doing. But yeah, you're going to want to slow your ass down if your lungs feel like they're about to fall off because mine usually feel that way after like intervals, but that's because I'm like pushing. That's the run I'm wanting to do. If you're just going out for like a leisurely run, then you need to just slow down because you're, you're not doing that. Somebody asked what the best running shoes are to start out with. Whatever shoes are best for your feet. Go into a running store and get fitted. I hate, like, that's my one of my biggest pet peeves when somebody asks what running shoes I wear. Because, yeah, mine are awesome, but they might not be what's best for you. So just... Go to a running store. I go to Fleet Feet. They have this machine you can step on. They'll sh- they'll measure your arch, all that stuff, so that your shoes can really be the best ones for you. All right, next question. I used to run all the time, never long distance. My longest was a 5K when I was on a weight loss journey. Okay, I don't really think there was a question there. Next, how long till it gets easier? My legs feel like they can hardly make it a mile. It it literally is so fucking hard in the beginning but y'all I promise you stop stressing about how long it's going to take it'll take as long as it has to take but the more consistent you are the more your body's going to get used to it that first half marathon I could not fucking walk for almost a week afterwards could not get out of bed my feet fucking hurt it was awful after my last this last half marathon I only went one day where my foot was hurting and I think that was because it was on a slope um But like, other than that, I'm feeling amazing. It's because my body is conditioned to it. So just know that, yes, it's going to take a while for your body to get conditioned to it, but it will eventually. And everybody's different. It'll take everybody different times to get used to it. But just know that the more you do something, the more your body's going to be like, all right, bitch, I guess this is what we're actually fucking doing. So let me remember. And it will remember and it's not going to hurt as bad. Because now I can go run 10 miles and be able to still walk and all that the next day. But like before I would run 10 miles and I would be out of commission the entire day. Right. So it's just the more you do something, the easier it'll to get. But I can't tell you how long because only your body can do that. All right. So somebody wants to know my favorite run that I've completed or would participate in again in my favorite distance. So I will say my absolute favorite distance is the half marathon. I think that's why I've ran five half marathons and I've only ran two 5Ks ever. I've only ran two 10Ks ever. Um, and I've only ever ran one marathon, but I've ran five half marathons. So clearly half marathon is definitely my favorite distance. Um, I would never participate in the Nashville marathon again, the rock and roll ever again. That fucking course can blow me 
20 times over. It fucking sucks. It was awful. Never again. 10 out of 10 don't recommend. It was also hot as balls um, and hilly as fuck. So just don't run that race. Um, but a one that I would participate in again was the Hot Chocolate 15K in Atlanta. That one was so much fun. I loved it so much. I'll probably do it again. It was just, it was the best time. Um, I did enjoy the Ath Half, the Athens Half Marathon, but I probably won't do it again just because transportation to get back to my car was a bitch. And I, I just didn't like all the hills. So anyways, there's only one that I really would. All of my races. So Georgia, I just don't feel like is a huge running community. So there's not really a lot of like fantastic runs around. Um, so I feel like, like personally, I would have to travel a lot to get those great experienced runs, but I definitely want to run one of the big marathons. So like CIM, you know, California International Marathon or Chicago or New York. I would love to run one of those big like international marathons. I feel like that would be such a great experience. That is definitely a bucket list experience. Um, but yeah, half marathon is definitely my favorite distance. Alrighty, we have time for like two more questions. So somebody asked, um, do you use different shoes for different distances? So I personally don't. I have found one shoe that works for my foot, Brooks Ghosts um, 14s. So those are the ones I use for every distance I run, even on the treadmill. But I do use separate uh, like treadmill shoes versus outside shoes. That's a big thing, making sure you don't want to like dirty up or like clog up your treadmill. So I use uh, treadmill running shoes, which are still my same running shoes, just they never go outside. Also a question is what treadmill do I use? I love my Horizon treadmill. I was really picky on what treadmill I wanted because I didn't want to pay for a fucking subscription. That was the last thing I wanted to do was pay for another subscription. So that was like eliminated a lot of the treadmills because a lot of them have a TV, but you have to pay for subscriptions to be able to use those. Like Peloton, they can suck my left nut. Like I will never pay fucking $4,000 for a treadmill. Like absolutely not. No, no, thank you. Um, Especially when you have to spend over $20 a month on the subscription. No, I get some of you diehard tread or Pelotoners are going to get at me for that. I just, you know, if I can use a cheaper treadmill and still use whatever, like, no, no, I'm good. So that was a big thing for me. Why I went to the horizon is a really good quality treadmill. Um, but it doesn't, it's like basic, right? It's bare bones, basic. It doesn't have a TV. It doesn't have all that gadgets. It does have a docking station for your iPad so you can like hook it up to it. But I just bought like a small TV for like 70 bucks at Walmart and mounted it right in front of my treadmill game fucking changer. I ran like four miles right before I recorded this podcast and watched a Hallmark movie during it. And it was like the most enjoyable four miles I've ever ran. So definitely highly recommend my treadmill is like I think it was like 1500 bucks with everything and that was like not even their cheapest option and I'm not a small woman and it doesn't move it doesn't jiggle it's just it's a fantastic treadmill definitely definitely recommend not affiliated with them or anything just just a believer so anyways all right that's all time we've got for today again if you enjoyed this podcast please go ahead and go over to apple and leave us a five-star review it really does help and i'm gonna leave y'all like i leave you every single time in a world full of bitches be that bitch i love y'all and i'll see you next week